Welcome, everybody, to the latest edition of the Lions Maven podcast. I am the doc, John Macaroon. Joining me today, she is a writer for SI.com, also the host of the Lockdown Giants podcast. Patricia Trena is joining me today. How are you? I'm great. Thanks for having me. Yeah, we have a great matchup this Sunday, Lions-Giants at Ford Field. I'm definitely looking forward to talking to you regarding how this matchup is going to shake out. Early on, what have been your impressions of the Giants in the 2019 season? Well, it's a team that's rebuilding. I mean, the Giants don't like to use that word, but that's, you know, let's call them what they are. They are a rebuilding team. They have a young quarterback that they turn to early in the season in Daniel Jones, and he's having his ups and downs at the moment. They have a fairly young defense that they're trying to retool. You know, they have youth right across the, you know, from, from the front to the back. And, you know, they, they're in the second year of basically what's probably a three-year rebuild. And I like to compare this situation to a garden. You know, when you go in and you weed out all the weeds of a garden and then you replace it with all the new seeds and whatnot, the, the, the saplings and whatnot, um, you got to give it time to grow. You got to give it time to all take root and, and just develop into what you envision it can be. And, I think that's where the Giants are right now. What have been the things that you've seen so far in the rebuild that you've liked? That I've liked? Um, well, I like the, the, the talent on defense. I think even though they're struggling right now, Dexter Lawrence is turning into a, a good player. I think with more reps and more practice, he's going to really be something to, you know, to have to handle. I like um, – the promise of O'Shane Zimenez, who is a pass rusher. I think once he learns to better anchor against the run, he's going to be a, an every-down player. <clears throat> I like uh, the cornerbacks. They have a lot of young cornerbacks who right now are still trying to, you know, get a feel for the, the speed of the game and, and find their way. But, you know, they have some very intriguing talent back there. So they've, they've replaced a lot of uh, the, the talent that they had in the past, you know, overpriced guys, older guys with these younger guys. And, you know, the idea is to build a unit that's going to be able to play together for a number of years. Now, on the offensive side of the ball, you know, you have Saquon Barkley, who's, you know, arguably one of the best running backs in the NFL, uh, when healthy. Right now, he's not fully healthy. And Daniel Jones gives the Giants an offense a new um, a new facet that they didn't have under Eli Manning. And this is coming, of course, from somebody who, who is an Eli Manning supporter. But Daniel Jones is kind of like, you know, his mobility and his, you know, his ability to get the ball out as quickly as he's been able to do just gives them a whole new area of the of the playbook that they can open up and exploit. Yeah, one of the primary storylines that we saw in the offseason was the drafting of, you know, Daniel Jones. And then, you know, the talk was that he was going to sit for the entire season. And then the slow start happened for the Giants. And then Daniel Jones now is the starting quarterback. How has that been received, especially with the legacy and the success that Eli Manning had? You even said yourself, you were a Manning supporter. I think that's what took the organization a long time. But early on now, what's been the tenor of the fan base uh, now that Eli Manning has has been uh, relegated to the bench, and Daniel Jones now is the starting quarterback. Well, I think this is a little different than what we saw in 2016 when Eli was benched for Geno Smith. And the reason for that is is that everybody kind of had an idea what Geno Smith brought to the table, at, you know, from his four years with the Jets, and it wasn't really. 
it, 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 it was exposed for what it was. And that was, a, you know, Ben McAdoo basically trying to save his skin by turning to a more mobile quarterback. But instead of going to the future at the time, which, you know, at the time was Davis Webb, you know, he, he decided to go with a, a guy who was mobile, but also had some experience this time around. I think everybody kind of knew that, you know, the handwriting was on the wall for Eli Manning and, you know, it, the problems, the 0-2 start that he had was not all his fault. Let's let's make that very clear. There were some issues with, you know, the defense not playing well. There were some issues with, you know, the offense just not clicking. But like I said, with Daniel Jones, he gives them a new level of, you know, mobility that they just don't have with Eli. So I think people are a little bit more um, accepting of the move this time around because, look, Eli is coming to the end of his career. Let's all, let's be realistic. He's what, 38 years old, not going to play forever. And Jones is only what, 22, 23 years old. So it, it just was time to turn to Eli, to uh, Daniel. Sorry. Yeah, now I'm reading a piece here on SI.com regarding, you know, trying to make sense of coaching practices and beliefs. What's been your impression of the regime of uh, Pat Shermer? There's been some good things, and then there's been some things that that just make you want to pull your hair out. And I'll start with the good things. Pat Shermer came in, and basically he cleaned out that locker room of all the malcontents, the guys that had bad attitudes, the guys that were me guys, you know, the guys that weren't professional. He, he and Dave Gettleman, the general manager, did a really good job cleaning that locker room out. Now, with that said, one thing I don't like about Pat Shermer that drives me crazy is I am not a fan of a coach, a head coach, especially one that does not have an established winning record being his own play caller which is what Pat Shermer is. Now, there have been numerous times this season, and you can even go back to last season, when Pat Shermer has made a decision that has left you saying, what the heck is he doing? And we saw that last week against the Cardinals, you know, the famous, oh, let's go for it, you know, let's run a draw on third down, and then, oh, let's go for it on fourth and 15 because analytics say this, this, and this. You know, at some point you have to say, okay, analytics, throw them out the window and go with common sense. And, and you know, we, we sat there, I remember we sat there in the press box, my, a couple of my colleagues and I, and we were sitting there going, what in God's name is he doing? And it's just, you know, I just feel that there are times when Shermer doesn't have as good of a grasp on managing the game as he should. You look at the, the plays where he challenges pass interference, for example, we all know, I mean, it's it's pretty much established that the NFL is not going to overturn that unless it's, you know, as clear as the nose on your face. And, and you know, yet here's a guy who says, well, I'm going to keep challenging it because I believe in the system. And I'm like, you know, I'm sitting there saying, yeah, you're going to keep challenging it. You're going to keep losing it. And you're going to lose timeouts that you're going to need later in the game. So just little things like that kind of drive you nuts. Now, this matchup. Uh, that's going to take place at Ford Field. It's going to be an interesting matchup. Both teams, I do think, have an opportunity to win this game if certain things shake out. On the Giants' side of things, what are you looking for from them in terms of executing on offense and defense and some keys for success for the Giants? Well, a couple of things. Number one, the Giants have got to do a better job helping Daniel Jones out. Um, They have been running the ball on first down more so than passing. 
And I, I just actually I'm creating a video for, for SI.com's Giants Maven as, as kind of as we record this. I was in the middle of recording that. But um, the stats show that the Giants have a little better success when throwing on first down than they do running it. And that's partially due to Saquon Barkley's ankle injury. Let's let's make that clear. But, you know, right now you kind of have to adapt a little bit here. You have to say, okay, look, if we're picking up 6.7 yards or whatever the number is on first down when we throw versus 4.0 yards when we run it, you go with the better percentage there and you you create more second and third sh- short situations, you know, which then help the young guy so that now, you know, maybe he doesn't feel the pressure as much or, you know, maybe they have a little bit more autonomy as to what they call and that and whatnot. So that's one thing. The other thing is they cannot have drop passes. Last week, tight end Evan Ingram came back from a one-week injury-related absence, and he had two critical drop passes. And you just can't have that when you don't get the ball as much because your defense can't get off the field. And speaking of the defense, you know, just turning that around, the Giants added Dion Buchanan this past week, the original money backer. And, you know, James Betcher is very familiar with him, but here's the problem I have with what James Betcher's doing. He's adding all these former Cardinals that he had, you know, when he was the defensive coordinator down in Arizona. Some of these guys aren't the same players they were back then. And while, you know, the jury's out on Dion Buchanan, I don't want to prejudge the guy just yet because I haven't seen him play. You have to ask yourself, he was with the Bucks, he, where Todd Bowles, his defensive coordinator before James Betcher, and Bruce Arians, his head coach in Arizona, why couldn't he get on the field, especially when um, their rookie linebacker, Devin White, had some injury issues? So just a lot of question marks there. And, and like you said, just, you know, that pass defense, I've got to be honest with you, that scares the heck out of me because Matthew Stafford has been doing a great job slinging that ball all over the field. They've got two great receivers in Galladay and, and uh, Marvin Jones, and I'm very concerned about that matchup. Yeah, now everyone that looks into the Lions obviously looks to Matthew Stafford first. What have been your impressions overall? I think nationally the talk has been that there's been a little bit more respect given to uh, number nine here in Detroit than locally just due to the fact that he's been here for so long but yet has not uh, yielded any playoff success. What's been your view and impression when you evaluate and look at Matthew Stafford? You know, I think he's a good quarterback. I mean, I I think, you know, look, people, when they look at a, a team's success rate, they tend to look at the quarterback and say, oh, you know, the team's not winning, it's on the quarterback. And, you know, you got to remember, football is a team sport. It's not necessarily all on one guy. And I think sometimes Matthew Stafford takes a little bit too much of the blame and doesn't get enough of the credit when they do you know, succeed. So, um, you know, it's, it's kind of interesting that the, that the lions, when they had the head coaching uh, um, opening, they went with a defensive minded coach and Matt Patricia. Um, and, and that I think speaks to the fact that Stafford's been around, you know, he's not a rookie who's developing, but, but still even, even, uh, you know, the, the uh, older quarterbacks, they could use a really good support system behind them. So I just think Matthew Stafford, you know, when he's on, when he's consistent, he's one of the better quarterbacks in the NFL. So this Sunday, key matchup for both teams. How do you see this matchup shaking out? Ford Field, Lions taking on the New York Giants. 
Oh, I wish I could say I, for the Giant fans listening that I felt good about this. I mean, I felt good about last week against the Cardinals, and they kind of broke my heart. Um, the Giants need to show me something to believe in them again. I mean, last week was just I, – I, I'm still in disbelief, to be honest with you. And, I, and I'm sitting here, I'm saying, okay, what can I look at and believe in in here? Now, again, I mentioned all the young talent, how they're you know progressing and how I think that one day they're going to be good, but they're not there yet. And I need to see this team bounce back from this adversity and, and show that they have something in their medal. I have not, you know, I can't say I've seen that on a consistent basis. I mean, the team still plays hard for uh, for Shermer. I will say that. They haven't quit on him, but I just need to see something more, and I'm not liking this matchup. I don't like the, def- the Giants' pass defense against, you know, Matthew Stafford and that Lions passing offense. I'm not sure Saquon Barkley is 100%, so I'm not so, you know, so sure that he's going to be able to, to do all the things that, you know, he is normally able to do. So, and, and then you throw in there, you know, the home crowd. It's very loud in Ford Field. I've been there, you know, for a couple games, and it's very, very loud there. Um, I, I just don't feel good about it for the Giants. I know that's terrible for me to say, but I'm being honest with you. You can read the great work of Patricia Trena at si.com slash NFL slash Giants and listen to her breakdown and analysis of the Giants via the Lockdown Network. She is the host of the Lockdown Giants podcast. I've appreciated your time and analysis this morning. I feel similarly to you in regards to the game, but look, it's the NFL and anything can happen. And whenever you have uh, a, a running back with the caliber of Saquon Barkley, you can do you can do some things and uh, definitely control uh, the line of scrimmage in that aspect. So it's going to be an interesting game. I do think that there's an opportunity for both squads to kind of turn their season around a little bit with the W, so it'll be an intriguing matchup. Patricia, thank you so much for the time. I look forward to reading more of your analysis. Uh, Definitely great work over there at SI.com. Thanks so much.